so now I can uh, I'm gonna start to wear my robes on uh, on uh, on Sunday mornings now when I preach. But we thank God for all of you. So uh, turn with us to the scripture um, that was read for your hearing um, in Matthew, um, the Gospel of Matthew, the 26th chapter, um, verses 20 through 25. And so um, I am going to, at the risk of being redundant, and for those who um, did not hear it earlier, I'm going to read that scripture for you. So this is um, Matthew, Gospel according to Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 20 through 25. And the record of God says, when evening had come, he sat down with the 12. Now, as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will portray me. And they were exceedingly sorrow. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will portray me. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas who was betraying him answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. Thus ends the reading of his holy word. And from that portion of scripture, I would like to use this subject. Thank God for Judas. Thank God for Judas. Who likes trouble? Who likes trouble? Nobody likes trouble. If the truth be told, we prefer no trouble at all. Just blue skies and sunny days. Most of the time, the reason why we don't like, the reason that we don't like trouble is because trouble interrupts our plans. It interrupts our arrangements, our intentions, our strategies, and it interrupts our ideas. We don't like trouble. We don't like our plans to be hindered or altered in any way. Let me use weather as an example. Most of us, if we think about it, prefer every day to be sunny and bright, although we live on the East Coast. And you know that that is virtually impossible, especially since we have four seasons. If it rains, you get upset because now uh, you got to find an umbrella and uh, you don't know where you put the umbrella at, <laughs> but you, now you got to find it. Then somebody took your umbrella who didn't put your umbrella back where it was supposed to be. You're going to get wet when you go out. Oh, God forbid if we get wet at all, right? Your hair's going to be messed up, especially if you just came from the hairdresser or we know depending upon the... Uh, the humidity, it, our hair gets all fuzzy and dried up and crazy, right? Or if it's raining hard, your outfit is going to get wet. And God knows if you have on a dress, it's the, if it gets wet enough, it starts sticking to you, it's just uncomfortable, right? Your pants get wet, you're going somewhere, now you're cold and you're wet. We don't like to get wet. If you're having an outdoor event, it messes with your plans. Some of us say, I don't mind the rain. Just rain when it's convenient for me. Amen, somebody. And so 
but but if if the truth be told, we don't like snow either. We live on the East Coast, but we don't like snow. We like how pretty the snow looks when we're on the inside, but we we don't we don't really like snow. We only like snow if it means missing school, missing a school day, or uh or a day off from work that was pre-pandemic, right? Snow means that we've got to uh, shovel. It means shoveling. Snow means cleaning off your vehicle. Snow means driving slower and more careful. Snow means that we're probably going to be late to where we were going, right? Snow means the plans have to be altered. But we don't also like the wind. <laughs> we, we don't like wind either. Wind is not good when you're trying to set up an outdoor event. When is that good when you're sitting on the beach trying to relax because the wind brings flies and flies bite? Amen, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Strong winds bring down trees. So if they bring down a tree, that means that it's going to affect, um, uh, it could fall on your car, it could fall on your house, it could fall on the power line. And if it falls on a line, that means that you lose electricity, you lose power, that means that you can't watch TV, you can't listen to the radio. The wind affects things. So we, we don't like wind either, right? If it's not, if it's hot, we complain. If it's cold, we complain. If it's cloudy, we complain. We don't like anything that interrupts our arrangements, intentions, strategies, or ideas. But sometimes trouble is good. The fresh water rain provides is essential to the survival of every living organism from plants to animals to humans. After it rains, there is a beautiful post rain aroma. Mm, it just smells good. When it, when it rains after a dry spell, the oils secreted by plants are released into the air. That's what gives that beautiful smell. Did you know that when it rains, that crime rates drop on rainy days? Rainy days actually increase workplace activities. Snow Cover, cover, snow cover helps regulate the temperature of the earth's surface. And once that snow melts, the water helps fill rivers and reservoirs in many regions of the world. Snow actually helps conserve soil moisture over the winter. Plus, did you know that nitrogen attaches to snowflakes? As the snow falls through the atmosphere, that's why the old farmer's almanac called the snow a poor man's fertilizer. Nature provides a gentle fertilizer boost to plants. Now, understand this, that winds are caused by the uneven heating of the atmosphere by the sun, by the sun's irregularities of the earth's surface and rotation of the earth. But the wind is good for generating electricity. So sometimes you ought to thank God for the wind. The wind is good for pumping water. And for those who sail, the wind is excellent for sailing boats. Thank God for Judas. Just like we don't like anything that causes trouble, even though trouble can cause you to keep going, 
provide you with a, and provide you with a new perspective. The late John Lewis said, just find a way to get in the way and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. We don't like trouble and we don't like enemies. We want everyone to like us. Enemies cause trouble. And remember I said, we don't like trouble. No, we don't. Enemies make us feel bad. They make us feel betrayed and emotionally uneven. Judas Aristotle is typically remembered for one thing, his portrayal of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples who lived with and followed Jesus for three years. He witnessed Jesus' ministry, his teachings, and his many miracles. He was the treasure, he was the treasurer for the group and used this trusted position to steal from their resources, according to John 12 and 6. Here's what we know about Jesus, about Judas, according to scripture. Money was important to Judas. As already mentioned, he was a thief. And according to Matthew 26, 13 through 15, the chief priest paid him 30 silver coins to betray the Lord. That means that that was four months wages that he received in that time. Jesus said that Judas Aristot was not clean. He had not been born again and was not forgiven of his sins. Read John 13, 10 through 11. In fact, Judas was empowered to do what he did by the devil himself. As soon as Judas took the bread that Jesus had given him, the Bible says in John 13, 27, that Satan entered him. Ju Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And let me, let me park right here to explain this kiss. In the culture of first century Israel, a kiss was not always a romantic expression of a lover. Rather, a kiss on the cheek was a common greeting, a sign of deep respect, honor, and brotherly love. For a student who had great respect for his teacher, a kiss fell well within the healthy expression of honor. What really stands out in the mode of Judas' betrayal is that Judas used such an intimate expression of love and respect to portray Jesus. Judas' actions were hypocritical in the extreme. His actions said, I respect and honor you at the exact time that he was portraying Jesus to be murdered. Ooh. Judas' actions illustrates Proverbs 27 and 6, where it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Often foes disguise themselves as friends. Evil often wears a mask to conceal its true purpose. So Judas the other thing that we know about Judas, and we'll talk about this a little later, is that Judas fulfill the prophecy of Psalm 41 and 9. It says, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread has turned against me. Thank God for Judas. Now you say, Bishop, why should I thank God for Judas? Well, one, I want to I want to give you four quick points and then we'll we'll be done. One, Judas in your life will keep a Judas in your life will keep you sharp. 
Given the fact of Judah's close proximity to Jesus during three years of ministry, it is hard to imagine how he could follow through on such a, 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 a harsh betrayal. Judah's story teaches us to guard against small, gradual failings that gain strength and power in our lives and that can open the door to more deadly influences. His story is also a great reminder that appearances can be deceiving. Number two, Victor Hugo said, uh, point number two of why we should thank God for Judas. Victor Hugo once said, you have enemies? Good. That means that you've stood up for something, sometime in your life. It is said that one of the reasons Judas had a problem with Mary's, uh, uh, Mary's anointing and using um, that oil because it was so expensive. Not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Mary loved Jesus and she worshiped Jesus. And Jesus was preparing for his death. Most times your enemies are jealous that you have the courage to stand up for something other than yourself. Standing for something good. Things that you care about, like your family, friends, concepts, principles, beliefs, and ideas. Standing for something is part of defining of who you are and what you believe. If you don't stand for anything, what does that say about who you are and what you believe? Thank God, Jesus stood up for us by dying on the cross for our sins, even though it meant gaining enemies in the process. Point number three of why we ought to thank God for Judas. I come by to tell you that your enemies propel you to your promise. Your enemies push you to want to succeed. You work harder, you work smarter, and you work faster just because your enemies don't think you can. You love to prove your enemy wrong. Your enemies propel you to your promise. You don't want to fail because you know your enemy is looking. You don't want to give up because you know you know your enemy wants you to give up. You don't want to give in because you don't want your enemy to have the last word or the last say about you. Your enemies, I'm telling you, propel you to your promise. You will stay at work longer. You will, uh, you will, you will work to get more money. You will pay your bills on time because your enemy said you don't deserve that house and you're going to lose it after a while. But you said, no, I'm not because I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to pay my bills and I'm going to pay my, my uh, mortgage or my rent on time because you don't want your enemy to have the last say in your life. Your enemies will propel you to your promise. You'll make sure you go to school and you do well because your enemies say you don't come from nothing and you're never gonna be nothing. But you say, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Come on now, somebody help me. My last point, why should you thank God for Judas? For the Christian, your enemy helps you keep the word. The Bible tells us to love your enemies. You love the person, but you can hate the sin. Did you hear that? 
You can love the person. Now, I know the reason why they are called your enemy is because they have done something that hurt you. They've done something against you. They've talked about you. They they have done something that 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 uh that they knew would cause irreparable pain to you, right? And so you you call them your your enemy because they have done something against you. Well, the Bible tells us love the person but hate what they did. You hate the sin. So you still love them anyway. In loving your enemy, don't you know that you learn to be happy and not allow destructive behavior to eat you up inwardly or outwardly? It's a test of you as a Christian. You too were once an enemy of God. But the word tells us that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So instead of being overcome with feelings of hatred or resentment, turn them into feelings of love. It's truly challenging. I know it is. I know y'all saying, uh-uh, Bishop, I'm not there yet. God understands and God knows that. It sometimes it is a life-challenging, uh, uh, it, it is a, it is a, uh, it is something that challenges us for the rest of our lives. But the thing is, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, love is, is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Proverbs 24, 17 says, do not gloat when your enemy falls, when they stumble. Do not let your heart rejoice. Repay no one evil for evil. If it is possible and as such as it depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself. Vengeance belongs to God. He will repay them. And can I tell you something, saints? You cannot do worse to them than God. You just can't. So seek to please him. If your enemy is hungry, the word says feed him. If he or she is thirsty, the word says give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will reap coals of fire on their head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm so glad that Jesus taught us to thank God for Judas. Because, because of Judas, Jesus was able to fulfill his prophecy. Jesus came all the way from heaven down, went through 42 generations to die on the cross for you and I. But guess what? There was a path and a journey that he had to go. And even though some good happened during the course of his journey, yes, some people were healed. Yes, some people were delivered. Yes, some people were set free. But guess what? During that path of goodness, there came a, a path of, of difficulty, a path of, 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 um, of jealousy, a path of resentment. Can you imagine what Jesus must have felt like when he met Judas for the first time? Can you imagine the look on Jesus' face on the outside? He had to appear like he was good, like he was all right, like, hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. Got some work for you. But on the inside, he was saying, you're going to be the one to betray me. Little dirty dog. He didn't probably say that, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But can you imagine what Jesus felt when he first met Judas? But but the thing about it is, 
through all the good that Jesus went through, all the good that Jesus um, that Jesus encountered, there had to be some bad that took place because Jesus had a purpose for coming and Jesus had a reason for coming to this earth. His reason was to die on the cross for our sins. And so you ought to thank God for Judas because of Judas, Judas gave him a kiss and turned him in. That's how the enemy knew who Jesus was. And they, they, uh, they took and handcuffed our Jesus and they, they, uh, they spit on him. They, they laughed at him. They, they beat him all night long. But I thank God, God to, be, to God be the glory, that, that Jesus was able to stand the test of time. And he was able to go to the cross for our sins because of Judas, and because Judas turned him in. Judas helped pave the way for us receiving salvation for, uh, for, um, from Christ on the cross. And so we ought to thank God for Judas. Thank God for Judas. Remember that our, our number one enemy is Satan. He takes form in many ways and places. He sends Judases in our lives, but God allows it because he knows that those Judases will make us stronger. Those Judases will make us wiser. Those Judases will make us better. They will keep us sharp. They will keep us standing for something. They will propel us to our promise and fulfilling God's word in us. So thank God for Judas. God bless you. God bless you. I know we don't like to we don't like to say we thank God for our enemy. We never want to have enemies. We want never want to have anybody that that that, that causes us problems, you know. Uh we never want trouble. We don't look for it. We always look for the good, right? And so when it comes to situations, we know that our trials and tribulations come to make us strong. But guess what? Our enemies, the Judases in our lives, are part of those trials. And sometimes they're part of those tribulations. And God will use them and allow them to get us stronger. See, Joseph put it plainly. Joseph told his brothers, because do you know that Joseph's brothers were an enemy to him? They saw Joseph as an enemy. And they threw, they, they sold Joseph to be a slave. But Joseph said to them, I know what you did to me, but y'all don't even realize, you don't even know that because of what you did to me, the devil meant it for bad, but God meant it for my good. What you did to me, it helped elevate me. Don't y'all know that I am the second, I am the second in command of an entire nation. And guess what? This nation, y'all need it because of what you did to me. Guess what? I provided, I told the, uh, I told Pharaoh how three years ago, what he needed to do in order to make sure that when the famine came, that we would have plenty. And guess what? That plenty is now helping you. So yeah, y'all threw me in. Mm -hmm. Y'all, y'all threw me in the den. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all sold me to be slaves. Yeah, you, you, you put blood on my my new coat and gave it to my father and act like I was dead. Yeah, y'all did all these things to me. You don't know I've been through hell and back, but I thank God for you, and you better thank God for me because you did that to me. Now I'm gonna bless you, and that's what we need to remember: that sometimes our enemies 
will make it seem like they are hurting us, but our enemies don't even know that God's using them so that they can be blessed by who? By us. Let me tell you something. The greatest revenge that you can give your enemy is to succeed, not to fail. And they cause us to be able to do that. But you leave your enemy to God. Now, I'm not saying be stupid. I'm not saying to just let your enemy run all over you. Use wisdom, all right? Use wisdom in how you deal with your enemy. But let me tell you something, and using wisdom, you're praying to God to show you what to do. But God will ultimately always take care of your enemy. But don't look for your enemy to fall. Pray for your enemy. Your enemy acts up, bless them. Bless them, God. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them. Because guess what? It's going to come back to you in the end. And sometimes your enemies will apologize. Sometimes your enemies will say they're sorry. Sometimes your enemies will do more for you than your own family. So you need to be careful and thank God for the Judases in your life. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God for Jesus. And because sometimes trouble comes in our lives and sometimes uh, they're caused by other people, it causes us to run the church. It causes us to seek God. It causes us to to uh, want to have a better relationship with God, to do the things that God has called us to do. And so if you are here today and have not accepted the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life, we want to invite you to come on and, and, uh, and join in with us as uh, kids of the kingdom. We are children of God. We are children of the most high God. And we love him being our father. Megan, Minister Megan sang about him earlier. He's a good father too. He takes care of you. He provides for you anything that you need. Our father is there to see about you. And so we want you to be a part of that. And so if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, and if you're on on today, we first want to ask you to pray this prayer with us. Heavenly Father, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you. I want forgiveness for all my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose again. Father, I give you my life to do as you wish. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life and into my heart. This I ask in Jesus' name, amen.